The year is 3116, and the country of Bastalone is burdened under magical prohibition following a worldwide conflict. The government has issued an edict that casual magic was no longer permitted, and that only servants of the government and authorized individuals would be allowed to practice. Our story begins with four heroes in an apartment building, seeking to investigate and find the truth at all costs. Who is enforcing this prohibition, and how can they be stopped? But much like a month-old ham sandwich, they might not like what they find. Conflict is certain. The outcome is not. Tune in to Dial M for Magic to find out what happens next. Welcome to our campaign! Set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. This episode of Dice Carnival is sponsored by C4 Labs, proud vendors of free shipping in the United States. Now available is the Hugo Dice Tray with the utility of compartments for all of your dice, plus the flaming pizzazz of the man himself. Additionally, at checkout, you can type in Dice Carnival with no spaces or caps to get 10% off your whole order. So if you want to support your local musician, or just find great products for your D&D games, head to c4labs.com. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin! Last time on Electroval, following Yenden and Soup, our group of heroes infiltrated the Velvet Blue headquarters in order to acquire some pieces of information that would aid and abet their plans to get some dangerous weapons off the streets of the city. Originally posted to serve as a lookout, the two of them overheard from a pair of passing cops that Flint's body had been recovered and was being kept within the Velvet Blue station until measures could be made to have him examined by a medical professional. Aware that they may not have much time to access the headquarters, the two of them posted Beefy Boy on sentry and made their way inside along with Gindan's new associate, Andy Manny, who is literally a severed hand. Hijinks ensued, though they managed to remain mostly out of sight. A couple of panicked police station personnel, incapacitated without having exactly seen the faces of Soup or Gyndon, the two of them made their way out and identified a face that kept eyeing them during their entire heist. On instinct, Gyndon shoved the one individual off of a railing, only to find out later that this young woman was in fact Dimitri in disguise. With some swearing and cussing at the two of them, Gyndon rapidly apologized as all of them began to prepare their hasty exit, Flint's possessions in tow. And as all of you make your way out of the station, you step out into the back courtyard that you accessed before. And I leave it to all of you, how do you want to proceed next? Wait, Gyndon, I think I saw Birch back there. Who? Birch! Wait, is that his name? I just heard I just heard some weird mentions of something. There's okay. So during the whole running thing, um, I don't know what happened, but I was a horse and I crashed into the bill, into the into the blimp, into the the, 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 the taxi. There was a taxi involved? I'm s i am I did not well, get any of that. I was a horse and, and I crashed into it. And uh -huh. on the inside, uh, Hugo and Sky were traumatizing some goblin, and I saw him in the police station. Well, you know what that means? What? That goblin can ID us. Oh, well... We gotta get the goblin. Wait! <laughs> Hold on. Can I add a little bit of a comment? We can't go back you in two there. Are the, you two are the worst fucking spies that I've ever associated myself with. What I'm with. gonna do is I'm gonna go in there. Claim he's my grandfather, and then I need to return him to the nursing home. Soup, no. Yeah. No. I'm sorry, that's not a good idea. All right, Jan, I will specifically, I will specify. I'm not a spy. I do recon. I'm not Jan. I'm Dimitri. You're Jan. Frick. Oh, I'm. This is very confusing for me too. I'm. I'm keeping. Oh goddammit. Sorry. Soup, soup. I'm gonna take the broken piece of the sledgehammer. Can you like? Is that a hand on your shoulder? 
Yes, I don't like it either! <laughs> you see uh, the severed hand sort of wave. Soup, can you, like, make this a splint and try and fix up Dimitri's arm? Um, alright, yeah, I can try. And while I'm trying, I'm just gonna keep saying, like, you know, if we had a goblin with us, since Dimitri's arm is broken, goblins are real good with their hands, I know. Why are you trying to bring in this goblin that I've never met before? Because if we leave that goblin in the police station, the police will find us. We can't go back in there. Wait. How certain are you, how certain are you that this goblin is a loose end? I am 100% sure that this goblin can't ideas, and it's scaring me that he's in there. <sighs> I can go, I can get him real quick. Real quick. No, Alright, but you, if you, you go you, in, you, you then he's gonna ID you. You can't just walk out of the station like that. I'm going to have to go in myself. Wait, actually, I'm going to pull out the ID information of that police officer we stole his badge and gun from. Okay, we see Ginnan as you pull out of uh, your sort of tuxedo jacket pocket, or your blazer pocket, the sort of badge and gun of Officer Milton. You can use and... this as an identity. <laughs> Why did you steal Officer Milton's gun? I didn't steal it. It was the hand. I'm was not trying to be this. helpful. Hand it to me. I'm putting this back. All right, that's okay. fine. Put it, they're putting it back. No, don't put it back. He starts pulling out some wipes and starts wiping the gun down. And the thing is like, we can't leave any prints. My hands are covered in fur. I don't have prints. He pulls out a lint roller, starts <laughs> pulling off little bits of bugbear fur off of the wallet. Did Officer Milton see you take this? No, he the he was behind a door the whole time. And we didn't take it. The wait here, just wait here. And you see, like he begins tuning some stuff until you see, like he turns into like a bald half orc with like a a big fuzzy sort of Eggman style mustache and little tiny spectacles in a police uniform. Is he and he says, "I'm going to go in there like this." He holsters the gun, and then I'm going to return this. All right. Will you also bring us the goblin? I'm going to re return the goblin um, to you. I'm going to return the gun to Officer Milton in his security booth. Okay. Okay. He goes his way in and he like starts to like reach for a door. He's like, ow, goddammit. And he start, has to like elbow with his other arm. Freaking going in there with one broken arm. It's okay, we splinted it. I'm going to have to roll. Yeah? It's going to be really hard to maintain in the skies with a broken arm, dude. I'm aware of that. Hopefully... The need for two hands will not arise. After all, I was not expecting for us to go this length. This was supposed to be a simple job. And I'll go in. Uh... Yeah, all but right. how long do you think he's gonna be in there? Hopefully not the, long. You hear the sounds of crashing garbage containers beyond a pile of flat stacked crates in the corner of this little courtyard area. Uh, let me go check that out. Uh, you make your way out, and as you see, like, a couple of things fly in the air, you see on the other side two snails, one with, like, a sort of more nebula coloration that you recognize to be Beefy Boy, and a slightly smaller one with, like, a brown shell that's on the streets, and the two of them seem to be in the middle of, like, a cleared area where it looks like shit has just been sort of, like, strewn about as if through battle, and the two of them are just slowly jousting towards each other from five feet away. <laughs> you know, I want to hear them shit talk each other. Can I, do I have enough time to ritually cast speak with animals? Uh, you could begin that process. You don't know how long he's going to spend time in there. Yeah, I'm going to start that because I also need, I need, I need to have a conversation with Beefy Boy. Yeah, then what talk. are you doing? What are you doing? I, I, will act, I will keep lookout now. I will actually try and keep lookout this time. Now that I have my things. Alright, I'm gonna roll some checks for Dimitri. Wait, was Hugo's pendant part of that stuff, or is it just yes, the Yes, you got Hugo's pendant on you now. Nice. Do you still have uses on it? Um, I have one use on it. Yes. I totally forgot I have guidance. Before I go check on the snails, I'm just gonna quickly just slap a guidance on you for whatever you wanna do. Okay. You have a minute to do something. Um, what can I do in a minute? Be really good at lookout. But you gotta get something for Dimitri. We're putting him through hell. <laughs> Alright, so I'm ritually casting Speak With Animals. About five minutes later. 
the door opens again. And you see wandering out wearing a little flat cap and the very squinty-eyed goblin. What am I doing here? <laughs> I'm gonna whisper to Soup. Wait, I wouldn't know this. Never mind. I had an idea, but I realized Genda wouldn't know how to go through with I'm, this plan, I'm so... I'm currently casting... I'm currently casting Speak with Animals. It's gonna get interrupted, um, but... Uh, Dimitri ends up coming out a moment later, as you see the skies goes down, and he does not look like he's doing well. He's, 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 he's breathing really heavily. His arm looks inflamed. Dimitri? Mm. Oh. Captain's got a strong grip as he's holding his arm. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I should have went in there. I, I would not. I'm I'm against that. I I was able to make it work. God damn it. Anyway, um, what what are, what are you doing? What? Like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but are you? you. Are you Birch? You're a horse that came scrashing through my cab window. Yeah, I haven't billed you for damages thing. yet, have I? What? Maybe we could go in the police station. We could get that settled. Wait, what? Wait, well, I didn't hear the last two things you said. I'm, I'm listening to snail shit talk each other. You want to join me? Soup. I. We don't have. Absolutely. Soup. It's like, actually, I don't think that we do have time. Medical assistance, please. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, in this time, the snails have gotten about three feet closer to each other. Damn, they're speedy. All right. Can I see what's going on? All right, um, um, or is Soup going to do that? Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm scooping, I'm scooping up Beefy Boy and putting him on my shoulder Beefy and going to check out Beefy Boy and the two of them are about to ram each other as it just gets carried off. <laughs> Bye! Hella carried away. Picked up by God himself. Uh, we then see, uh, as Dimitri is currently, like, sitting on one of these flat crates and you see Birch goes up. And you can see, like, amongst these things is, like, a big tarp and Birch, like, tugs on the tarp a little bit and you see that there is the rust bucket. But there's like a giant cord attached to it, and that there is a boot attached to that giant like sort of chain that's just anchored to the ground. Oh, that's what your. Condition does is that your? Like ah, they put a boot on it. All right. It's How much? To, like for... the boot, but the boot won't move. Anyway, I'm gonna check out Dimitri real quick. He looks rough. Oh, uh, you're looking at that. I'll what? talk, Yenin. I'll talk to Birch. Just like, how much would this cost to repair? Huh? I don't know. Well, I'm probably gonna go see a mechanic about that. Hmm. Who are you again? Um, sorry, I'm... I'm Jayen. <laughs> I thought you'd see... you seem familiar. Can't place my finger on it. Strange. Mm, I don't know, I've... I've been around. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Could've sworn I gave you a lift a couple days ago. Maybe you did. Good dipper. Probably why I remember, remember you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's why I... <sighs> How'd the I... date go? Oh, um... <laughs> Eh, None of my better. business. That's a that's a that's a that's a trick question. I'm gonna have to come back to it with uh, someone who's good at removing boots. You see that there's a boot on the ground that he's struggling to lift, pick up. Can I pick up the boot? Go ahead and roll me a strength check. Damn. Uh, has it been a minute? Is guidance still up? Sure. I'll let you have it. All right. Well. Ah, floor now trash dice. Oh no. Does Did your guy just fly into the garbage? It's like right next. Okay, that's 16 plus strength, 18. You can't move it. What is this boot? Maybe uh, I've seen these things before. It's a, it's an immovable boot. Oh. They chain them up to, you know, vehicles when... Usually when you got too many, like, tickets been put on them or something like that, and they don't remove them until you get it cleared up. It's so probably... I know a couple of people who can remove them. It's magically enchanted, isn't it? It's an immovable boot. <sighs> okay. <laughs> just sit, I'm just sitting here yeah, in awkward it's silence. It's an immovable boot. Yep. I don't think there's anything I can do about it. I'm not exactly good at. Uh... It's just it's just like it's just freaking mjolnir on the ground. Yep. Um. How's Jan? Yeah, you see, it's, it's just shaped like a boot, but it's got some sort of like mechanism inside of it where it's like corded up to the the, the metal chain. And yeah, as you are kind of picking yourself up, uh, roll me a medicine check, soup. <laughs> medicine, You manage to gather enough material out here, you grab like a piece of, of, you know, some sort of like steel pipe and bandage it on there and you make a good enough splint. But I it... gave you the sledgehammer splint. Ah, yeah, you've got the piece of wood, there we go. You can use that as a, as a, a splint and as you sort of bandage it up. Um, sorry, remind me what you rolled? 
19? Yeah, yeah, totally. You've, you've managed to sort of reset it and ease some of the pain, and maybe you even, like, offer him, like, a little bit of something just to sort of, like, dull the area. Probably, like, something you just sort of, like, rub on the... Mm-hmm. Do you have an herbalism skin. kit? I have shrooms. That's okay. Yeah, but as you kind of see, like, the pain sign of subsides a little bit. Anyway, <clears throat> we should get going as his arm is now, like, in a sling that he sort of adjusts so that way it's, like, underneath his trench coat. Okay. Day so waits for no the... one. Day waits for no one. Heading to the docks now? Oh, you guys heading up to the docks? I'll, mind if I join you? Um, are, are you good with your hands? I mean, I'm sure it takes I mean, me still to maneuver that thing. Am I good with my hands? Are you? Am I good with my hands? You're are talking you? to the three-time champion of the Bus and Go Coffee Cab Competition. I'm good with my hands. Super you ever try brewing an espresso? You ever try brewing an espresso at 60 miles per hour? You know what? Just because I'm gonna incite him. Roll that. I wanna see what this his conviction is. That's a 19. I have a feeling he's the only one who was he's the only one who was in that contest. You notice that like he he seems to be convinced of his conviction. Like he seems yeah. confident when he's saying that. But what you do notice is like in between him saying stuff, he kind of like glows for long periods of time and kind of stares off into the distance as if kind of forgetting where he is. And then he jumps back into it, and then he like looks around, and he'll be like, "Do I know you?" As he points at Soup. <laughs> Not really. This man seems to be a little, little lost in the head. Um, I saw you freaking out, and I tried to help you out a little bit, but also, I was in a little bit of a chase at the moment, so I couldn't do much for you. I'm really sorry. I couldn't. Oh my God! Hold on one second before you go. I gotta get something, and ha- he'll run into the back of his uh, cab, and he'll like, choom, open it up. And he'll, you'll hear the clattering of metal, and you see he's now carrying a coffee machine with him. And he says, all right, I'm ready to go. We can't take that with us. I, I, I Listen, it's coming. Dimitri's like, I really don't have the energy to say no at this point. I, I suppose that if he gets noisy, we just leave him on the street. Energy for me. I can carry it. Okay. Tell you what, if, he gets, if he's noisy, it's like, no, 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 no. This is my responsibility. I got to carry it. I ain't, I ain't letting her out of my sight. All right. Okay. And he all right, we've got a team. We have a party uh, of four. <laughs> Dimitri's just shaking his head. All right, and all of you can make your way off into the sunset of the city. Okay. Which, oh, honestly, okay. you're really in twilight now. Uh, Gandon. Yeah? Did I, I haven't had the proper time to establish communi- good communication with Beefy Boy, so, um, I really need to ask you a question. Okay. Um, how do I explain this? Ah. Uh, Except for, except for him, I feel like you've observed me the most, know me the best. This is gonna sound so weird, I'm sorry. How do you see me? Cause like, hmm. I came here knowing exactly what I wanted to do, and now I have no idea. Like, look at this goddamn folder. I pick up the folder and I just start rifling through it. Mm-hmm. What is it, what, is, what kind of stuff's in the folder? I mean, like, you scroll through it, you see that there are, you know, sort of personnel reports. You see that there are um, various sort of, like, job certificates, some of them going back, like, three months. You know, mentioning that they need personnel to sort of work on this project. And some of them are literally, like, some of them are, like, built around more your expertise that you're already trained in, like, managing undead and stuff like that. But other ones are, like, asking for more specific things, like accessing sort of exorcism assistance basically like some people to help carry out the exorcism of spiritually haunted places you see that there are sort of discussions looking into uh sort of private investigations that the cause of the macabre have been sort of reached out to sort of contract considering there's a supernatural element involved some of the jobs are old you see that some of them have like double folders that mention that like the positions are closed but there's probably like a good half dozen positions in here that like you know, maybe if you looked more into you could you, you might be able to sort of get longer term jobs on. Like there's so much stuff in here, but I honestly have absolutely no idea what I wanna do and what I wanna stick with. I, I honestly the only constant I can find among all this is I, I just wanna help people. I see that a lot in you, Soup. You at the were same time, yeah. sorry. It's just at the same time, they're also expecting me at home. I can't really help you, Soup. I'm sorry. I've, I've kind of just been shoved into all of this myself. Cause when I woke up on that morgue, 
I had no idea where I was. I'm just trying to get my bearings. And I feel like I've just been tagging along with you guys because I literally wouldn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't. Yeah. This, this whole ordeal's just been... I guess it's been putting shit into perspective a little bit. But both of us are gonna have to make some kind of decision eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's the responsible adult thing to do. Am I even actually an adult? I don't know. <laughs> you seem old enough. <laughs> Take it from me, kid. It doesn't really matter what you do or what path you walk. One way or another, you're going to find something that really makes you happy. And it's important to figure out like what that feeling is early on, because if you don't, then you might be kissing that chance goodbye. Take it from me, I, I went through a couple of winding paths myself, and honestly, I thought that the whole cabbie thing was going to be a temporary gig. I'm away to something better. But, here I am, 20 years later, same cab, same coffee machine. Life will take you on some pretty weird circuits. What's important is that you don't lie to yourself. You're still young. At least I think you are. But even if you aren't, then... Well, I don't really know. I didn't actually think that far ahead. But you got potential, kid. Unless it's already spent. Yeah. I'm just hoping that eventually I can get to a place where I can be helping people and also good at it. And the good at it part is where I'm still figuring out where I fit in. Anyway. Back to uh, my current audition for domestic terrorism. You see Dimitri is in the process of holding his left thumb outwards, and he says, I will politely ask that that is the last time you make such a sarcastic comment until we get to the docks. We never know who our cabbies might be speaking to. Birch says, I'm going to pretend that I didn't hear that, otherwise I'm going to take great offense to a cabbie's capabilities of holding confidants. <laughs> Dimitri just sighs. And we see just as, like, a petty wagon pulls its way up, pulled by um, a skeleton wearing a driver's suit and a top hat, pulled by two skeleton horses. And the skeleton looks over at the two of you with its hollow sockets and its sugar-skulled eyes and tips its hat as it gestures towards the cab door, the carriage door, which just swings open on its own. All right, let's take a seat. You see Dimitri pass some coin to the skeleton, and the four of you climb into the back, and we fade to black. The year is 3116, and the country of Bastalone is burdened under magical prohibition following a worldwide conflict. The government has issued an edict that casual magic was no longer permitted, and that only servants of the government and authorized individuals would be allowed to practice. Our story begins with four heroes in an apartment building seeking to investigate and find the truth at all costs. Who is enforcing this prohibition and how can they be stopped? But much like a month-old ham sandwich, they might not like what they find. Conflict is certain, the outcome is not. Tune in to Dial M for Magic to find out what happens next. We resume deeper into the night as we see dock worker personnel from an, a lower perch making their way through an interior space somewhere within the upper spire of the city above the merchant's plaza who seem to sort of be holding sort of electric uh torches and are in the process of making their way towards a sort of lit hallway the three of you have just entered this location having made your way up to this level of the city which took some time to do and we see just this massive bay with all these sort of like stacked shipping containers in them that just seem to be sorted out. Now this one is fairly empty. Maybe only half the spaces are filled and it looks like they stack them up to like three high before they like limit them. And then that's when we end up hearing... Ah, all right then. It would appear that we have an opportunity to suss this place out. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with these docks, but this chamber is in fact one of perhaps a few dozen. If we're going to be locating exactly where this shipping manifest is, I'm going to need to compare it to proper logs that they keep domestically here. Okay, so we need to get you to those logs. Yes. Now, typically, I would make an endeavor to disguise myself as an alias that I identified on hand, 
The other option, viably, is going to be that I can't do that because my arm is broken. Looks like the ending. So I'm going to need to have the two of you. I'm going to keep an eye on the goblin. You see who is currently like found like a little wall outlet where he's plugged his coffee pot into and currently seems to be in the process of steeping hot water and grinding up coffee grains with like a mortar and pestle. It's like, I'm Birch. Nice to meet you. Okay. And we just like cut back to Dimitri looking at the two of you. They keep a log office up there. Because you seem to have had so much success back at the Velvet Blue Station, I'm going to trust you not to fuck this up. It's quite simple. Get in there. Whatever means you think will be most non-conspicuous. Small bribe never hurts, though I don't exactly have a ton of spare coin on my person at all. I suppose that this might have to help, and he'll like pull out a sack and he'll toss um, whoever wants to catch it uh, 20 gold coins. Twenty sparks. I guess I'll cast it. Um. Oh, you didn't have but to do this. If, but if they are the type of person to take a bribe, I encourage you that you try other methods, such as deception, coercion, or viably, I will not question your mistakes. I will get involved if I need to get involved, but truthfully, I don't want to strain my arm. So please don't make me have to get involved. Wait, was saying mistakes like a like 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 a like a Freudian slip? Like, uh, did you mean to say methods? I try not to differentiate when it comes to you. <laughs> so. Alright. You see Dimitri kind of give you a bit of a nod, and he begins to sort of, like, suss out the perimeter, and begins sort of, like, drawing out some sheets, and he seems yeah, to be, like, drawing some plans, and crossing some of his own notes on the mission. And you see the two of you are sort of offered to go up, like, the sort of, like, staircase. And you know, like, in, like, big warehouse areas, how they have, like, offices, like, high up above the ground? And, like, what are, like, repurposed shipping containers with, like, windows and stuff like that? That's where he points you to. You see that there is a light on inside of there? And staircase is set head up. There's maybe, like, in this entire space, maybe, like, six more sort of dock workers who seem to be in the process. Maybe, like, another sort of kind of half-elven fellow. Not incredibly fair, obviously, uh, a ground elf, a wild elf of some sort, who seems to just kind of be conspicuously, like, eyeing you, but is kind of keeping to his own business, as he seems to be consulting with a couple of the dock workers here and shaking hands. Um, that's maybe a good 60 feet away from where you are, but that could be where you are perceiving, you could proceed. In another direction is that staircase that leads up to that office where it looks like dock workers were sort of, like, checking in or swapping out shifts. There's also, like, a bit of a line heading down to, like, the lower level of the dock, like, where the actual, like, layer of this, like, one sort of shipping yard is that says, like, authorized personnel only beyond this point. Alright, I think it would be probably good to, uh, head up. Okay. Let's go. What should we do about the dock workers if they ask questions? I'm Dave. (laughs) Soup, that's not, that's not always good enough. I'm Dave and I'm supposed to be here. If you say it with enough confidence... Okay, I will trust you on that. Alright, well we're heading up. Alright, you begin making your way up that staircase. You see that there is a female gnome with sort of like a brightly braided sort of pink hair. Bubblegum pink, who just kind of like gives you a bit of a, a squint as she blows a pink bubble out, which kind of like pops on her face. Just giving you the stink eyes. You have to like shuffle to one side to let her pass, assuming if you do. And you have just a sort of, like, office upstairs as the door is just slowly swinging closed. Chunk. That's just lock. Did it just I mean, lock? I mean, you, you're, you're walking your way up there. She just sort of, like, walked out and passed you. Ah, uh, okay. Alright. I guess we try the door? Yeah. Is it just like a staircase? This is a fairly, fairly accessible area where you are at right now. And as you open it up, the door is unlocked. Alright, can I keep watch outside? Uh, yeah, you can. So is soup only going inside? I guess I am. Uh, are you standing like on the staircase or like the small little balcony outside of here? It's not very big. Yeah. And D- you can see Dimitri from where you are too. From what they can tell, there's just like a couple of like homeless people who are just sort of like curled up along this little area. And amongst them is Dimitri and Birch just sitting near a coffee pot. <laughs> As you see, Birch just kind of like pull out like a, 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 a tin can and just kind of holds it up to Dimitri. And Dimitri just kind of like looks at him, puts his notes down, just shakes his head no stops and then just beckons to ha- pass him the can and yeah soup you All make right. your way into this office and you see hunched over is a male bugbear oh 
Uh, you see that uh, this fellow seems to be in the process of squinting over a couple of notes and seems to be very intently going over logs. And he sees you step in and he gives you an eye. He goes down and then he catches your eye again and says, Can I help you with something? Uh, yeah, I was wondering. So a friend of mine needed some help with with uh, figuring out where a, where a shipment is. And I was wondering if I could take a peek at the logs. It's one of those things where I can't really tell you. I, I need to see it myself. Let me a persuasion check. This guy doesn't seem to be in the best of moods. So I'll preface with that. Yeah. Okay. Fifteen. I still with an earshot of soup. <laughs> you. The door is closed, so you oh, have okay. to have stepped in. At, but if you want to step in at this point, there's room for you. It's not a huge office space. Um, and this guy's just kind of sitting on the other side of like a counter, with like a punch card sort of mechanical device on one end and a couple of electric bulbs sort of burning in here. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifteen. And he uh, looks at you and says. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to see some proper credentials if that's going to be the case. We can't just let anyone come in here. Policy. And yeah, if Jay and do you walk in? Uh, Dimitri's yeah. kind of got an, a clock on the outside if that's what you're worried about. Yeah. You know if you can get you a signal or something, but... Yeah, I guess I'll walk in. Uh, I can like... kind of see the, what's going on inside as well. Yeah. I mean, you're if you're inside now, yeah. There's no, like, window from where the store is. It's just a middle door. Yeah. But if you step within and let it close... Uh, this bugbear sort of like, what do you, he, just, he says that in soup, what do you say? That's, that's pretty reasonable, uh, let me rifle around for it, and I just start trying to dig through my bag, at the same time trying to make conversation. Uh, your you're... seems a bit off, what, what's up? You hear the uh, chunk go through, and, uh, he's, he looks like he's about to give you an answer, and then he, like, looks at the door to see who walked in, and he closes his book and says, you got a lot of nerve walking in here, Jet. Look, I wanted to apologize and try and make it up with you. I'm all up for you making it up. How broke did you go in our last poker game? 30, uh, 40 sparks down. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I can I can get you that now. Oh, that'll be a first. In fact, I can, I can which actually... which crime boss did you rip off for this one? I promise you I didn't rip off any crime bosses for this. <laughs> I found this on my own good terms. Excuse me, sir. Would you like me to remove this man from the office for you? Um, I'm not gonna make your roll check here. He's gonna just say, "Nah, just an old friend of mine. I'll deal with you in a second, sweetheart." Got it. Got it. And he'll like stand up and he'll make his way over. And what do you what do you produce? I'm going to produce. Um, I'm gonna produce. How much did he say? He said Thir- 40, 50 sparks. All right. I'm going to hand him. I'm gonna hold out seven platinum. So, yeah, so these aren't necessarily all platinum, but they're it's old like, coins. It's like, it's all the old coins. Yeah, yeah, and like, he looks at that and he says, hmm, you're robbing a museum? <laughs> Alright. Yeah, these things are that even. I won't report you to your lenders this time. And he'll just kind of drop it into a purse underneath his vest. That all? Um, or are you looking to make another gamble? <laughs> oh, I was going to um, check up on Dave here. I was trying to I didn't want to go through you to um, get into those log rooms, but... Ah, oh, your friend's with uh, the log, the, the swamp brother here. Fancy that. I'm like, I mm. kind of give, I kind of give Gendon a quick look of like, I was acting like I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of look back like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I do fancy. You owe me about 10 sparks too, but I thought we'd deal with that later. I was just going to pretend you didn't exist for now. Oh, we a deception check. <laughs> God. This God. isn't just for like this this argument because obviously this is the type of guy who doesn't want to get involved in other people's business. But this is mm-hmm. about the sort of facade that you are assembling. <laughs> of course, it decides to give me a natural nineteen. Oh. So plus two instead of twenty-one. He looks at you and says, "Hmm, I'm gonna assume the two of you are in a wallet together. All right, <clears throat> I'll bite. Want to look at a couple of logs?" Yep. Well, good thing that your uh, credit D broke even on my front. Got any more of those fancy coins? Hmm. Yes, I will start rifling out um, another three platinums worth. You know, I was going to try to do a field run of a new business I was interested in because it's real, it's, it's real reliable for me to produce and real good for the customer. 
And I'm gonna, since I was rifling through my bag already, I'm gonna pull out some shrooms. He puts his <laughs> hand down and says, I got out of that business years ago. <laughs> you're new to the city, aren't you? And how Take long, it that you're not on anyone's turf yet. Been, and how long have you been here, may I ask? <laughs> A lot longer than you have, sweetie. Anyway. Under my breath, he'll he'll walk like, up to Jayen. He'll walk up to Jayen and he'll pick up the uh, three old coins. And he'll say, All right. My piss breaks usually take about five minutes. That's how long this one is going to take me. I usually lock the door, hold onto the key. If anyone asks, I accidentally forgot to lock up before I go in. You got five minutes. And if I see you're back here, I'm calling security. Thank you so much. I promise I won't make bad on these again. Hey, <laughs> not every day that uh, the jet pays up his dues. Gotta say, I got a little bit of bragging rights to make. Mm. You got four and a half minutes. He'll close the door. Let's get searching. Okay. All right. And yeah, you start making your way to the logbooks. Now, Dimitri would have passed you. Uh, well, as you make your way out, about a minute passes, and what are you guys doing? Um, uh, searching for the required information. Uh, uh, you don't know what the required information is. Oh. But you do um, see as the door opens uh, about a minute later and Dimitri slips inside. And you hear the rattling of uh, layers of a coffee machine as well as Birch assembles inside as well. We got about two minutes to find it. I guidance Dimitri. All right. Dimitri is going to look through. I'll roll, I guess, because you guide. Just... It takes him a bit of time, and you feel like the time is kind of like slipping away. You see there's like a little bit of a clock that one of you have kind of looked at, and as you're kind of getting close to the number, Dimitri eventually folds out one file cabinet and says, All right, uh, Doc 17. I didn't know they 17. had that many. It's like, All right, based on the information I've cross-referenced here, I think I know where the payload is being held. In for good reason, it seems to be relatively obscure. So, if you will allow me, and he'll take that document, and he'll pull out the ledger, and he'll literally, like, pull out a little bit of ink, and it will, like, or a little Aethertech device, and he, like, runs it across one, runs it across the other, and you see the images sort of, like, shift and swap out with each other. That should hopefully get anyone following us uh, a little bit off of our tail for a time. And he'll put the two things away. And as you're about making your way up, you see a door opens as all of you are filing out, and you see the bugbears standing there again. I like your people, but I did ask you to get a move on. This is for my job as well. And then he sniffs. Wait, who's doing And you see that Birch is currently, who has this entire time been working with a broken coffee pot in the corner. He says, hey, I fixed your coffee machine. <laughs> oh, <God>, Birch. <laughs> the door seat. That thing's been broken for the last three weeks. Alright, all you get the fuck out of here, alright? You and the little goblin, too. Like, hey, I'm just helping out a fellow uh, coffee connoisseur. Jesus. He'll give him, like, a little bit of a salute with his, uh, he'll pull off his cabbie hat and just give him a little salute. And he'll pick up his own coffee machine and make his way out. You are a bunch of fucking weirdos. He'll sit inside. Alright, we're getting out. Yeah, because I'm about to tell you to get out of the fuck out of my office again, oh, and that's going to be the last time I tell you to do it. Alright, come on. Chunk. And all of you make your way out as he picks up a cup of coffee and kind of smells it. He nods. Once the Takes door a sip is... as you go. Yeah, once the door is closed, I'm just going to be like, uh, city bugbears suck. Absolutely, absolutely no respect. None. Birch is like, you think you think city bugbears are bad? Don't get me started on swamp goblins. Had to go out to my cousin's wedding. Okay, no, their weddings are terrible. Ah, what sort of wedding ceremony involves standing on a on a pyre of flaming tires? You know, oh, that's a use of a lot of good rubber. You know, I've got a thing or two to tell you about the wasteland orcs. Then one time. I was asked to help in a ceremony to make it more luxe by, you know, bringing my own additions so they are on top of a pyre, and also thinking they were just on another plane of existence entirely. I think that was the best goblin wedding I've ever attended. Dimitri's pulling out notes and then slams a, a slams a ledger shut, like a little moleskin ledger shut, really loud on purpose and says, I would hate to interrupt this wonderful conversation we're having, but we should get a move on 
because I have found out where our quarry is located. Where? And he'll just oh. start walking. All right, we're going, we're going, we're going. <laughs> he seems like he can't be bothered to interrupt you, but he is going to be really pouty about it. As you make your way through these sort of catacombs, and mind you, the skyports are are large and complicated. There are big sort of mechanical systems that seem to lower it from sort of like uh, locations up in the ceiling. And in fact, this sort of port area is too layered. Much of it has kind of been assembled in a bit of a haphazard way of these sort of like low chambered tunnels that seem to be made out of stone that has been imported from the sinking parts of the city and relocated up here. There's a lot of odd sort of mismatched architecture, kind of stone archways that look like they've been sort of cut in places and rejoined to sort of like preserve their architecture even though that they've clearly been raised thousands of feet in the uh, like a thousand feet in the air to do so and it gives a sort of very tight very uh beautiful quality to it and especially whenever you pass through an area where you can see like bits of the swamp outside or parts of the city of like the smoke stack district or the uh starlight district or even the spirit ward as you make your way through these like winding chambers and you're having for time to time having to stop and pause. And in fact, I want all of you to go ahead and roll me a stealth check. As you are now accessing regions that are not easily accessible by the public or mercenary companies and whatnot. <laughs> I hate my stealth rolls so much. Oh, I should have cast Pass Note Trace. It's too late. Oh, you could have, yeah. Um, I could cast Pass Without Trace as a freaking... Earth Ganassi. Wait, really? Yeah, that's oh, one of the that's... racial features. Whoa, that's, that's something cool. you want to do? Um, yes, I'm going to do that. Yeah, because I should probably save my spell slots. All right, then. So now I add 10 and then I roll to my for roll. I ro I'm rolling for Birch with disadvantage right now. I rolled a 2 plus 4 for a 6 plus 10 for 16. Birch was your lowest. Got 26. Actually, I would be lowest, but I'm using the oh. pendant because I rolled a 2, which goes down to a dirty 1, plus 10, which is 11. Plus? Plus a d4, another 2, 13. The scent of brimstone around your nose. And as you are walking, the two of you begin to sort of like cut a bunch of close calls. And Jen is like, wait, I've seen this happen before. And as you kind of focus, we begin to sort of feel as though the stones themselves stop vibrating the sort of clouds of dust seem to sort of pick up and obscure you from certain angles kind of like where like light shine down you know how when like a bunch of dust picks up in the air you can't see what's on the other side of it but it looks kind of natural and like in the process of like subtle manipulations of the dirt and stone and dust around you it gives a bit of a sort of cover to the movements you make and you end up making your way through like a long hallway where probably a good two dozen sort of vagrants, vagabonds, winos, if you will, sort of displaced people are sort of camped out along this long hallway and you begin to sort of like make your way through that sort of shipping container onto the other side. And after navigating through like a very large area, which was the majority of your stealth operation, all the while there's just this sort of like noisy uh, coffee pot being carried by uh, Birch. You push your way into another chamber and we see as you are just kind of come across a bit of a door and it looks very like sort of barred and rusty, but like not unbelievably so. And uh, Dimitri gestures towards Yenden like, would you mind? This was probably after like a good 30 minutes of like slow travel and navigation. 30 minutes, wow, okay. Yeah, cause like you have to like stop for like maybe like five minutes at a time for, yep. for like a group of people to clear out. All right. And you are um, literally having to cut on the other side of this uh, level. Guidance. All right, you're guidancing me, and then I try and bust I would, I, the I would assist you, but gestures towards broken arm. You don't have to keep throwing it on me. I know that well, I broke I your arm. I am getting reminded about it every time I feel anything in my body. Uh, all right. I'll try and bust down the door. All right, go ahead, and uh, it's not really that. It's just a matter, a matter of turning a very large sort of uh, vault handle. Okay, just strength. Wait, can I help? Uh, yeah, 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 you can help. Uh, so you can roll strength with advantage, Gindan. Strength or one of yours. All right, uh, that's a fourteen. And did you add the D four? I oh fifteen. Fifteen. DC was fifteen. Hey. <laughs> um, otherwise, there would have been a complication. Yeah. Um, but no, easily enough to say. The noise is a little louder than you would have liked. 
but as you manage to get the door open, you see like little teeth sort of like slide side to side and come out of these sort of little deadbolts on either side. And you find that this rusty old door, which probably hasn't been opened in years, you imagine that they do the majority of their shipping accessing from the little holes in the top that go directly towards like where the sky ships from other regions of the world dock. And as you cut your way into this place, there's just a couple of lanterns that hang in here. And while most of the chambers are very large, we're talking about like seven, eight hundred feet across with like a high ceiling of, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 feet with like rows of lights sort of casting long shadows. This is a smaller chamber. We're talking maybe only a hundred feet by eight, you know, a hundred feet by like, I'm going to say 60 feet. And rather than there being a ton of uh, crates in here, we see that there are only three of them scattered about. All right. This is all we were expecting? I think it was. They only said around 30. And we can fit them in Crunchy? That's what I I'm hoping for. This would appear to be chamber, or this would appear to be port 17. Look through some stuff. We should be expecting and that's when we, uh, well, no, no, actually, we wouldn't see that yet. Um, we see as there's just a couple of footprints and you see flashlights sort of like shining around the corner. And Dimitri says, get down. And he'll gesture for all of you. I want you to all roll me another stealth check. It's been less than an hour, so Pass Without a Trace is still up. Nice. Come on, do better this time. Ooh, 31. That's a 15. Wow. I'm rolling terribly for stealth. What did you roll? 15. 15, soup? Uh, 31. 31. Now, you see that as you are kind of crouched down there, even with Pass Without a Trace upwards, we see as there's like a bit of a wobbling in the top like metal plate of Birch's coffee pots, like wobbles and then tips up and ching, boom, boom. Like the metal of it, sort of like ringing of it, sort of dulling from the thud until it bounces again outside this little area of dust surrounding Yenden as it like rolls away and then there's just a rattling and a small little clattering sound as Birch is like, I gotta go get that. And he'll start making his way up, but as that sound rang out, all of you look over and you see like one of the flashlights rapidly turns in the other direction. And you hear, oh, did you hear that? We gotta go investigate it. Um, and they would be making their way upwards and you see like where you're crouching, it's like just a little bit of a crate. This area is very, very well cleaned. Maybe you could try to cut around a crate but there isn't much place to hide other than to maybe like go out the door you came. Hmm. Well, she got another idea, but it seems like they are turned on to you. By the way, Birch rolled a natural one with his disadvantage. Oh, Birch. Um. Fucking coffee pot. You know this what I'll do? goddamn coffee pot. I'm going to throw up a fog cloud and then quickly just usher the three of us out of here. Dimitri's like, we, we can't go. Oh, wait. So no? Well, Dimitri is saying that. It's then, like I'll, then, I'll quick, then I'll quickly tell him before we before we do anything. I can throw up fog. Just a couple of guards. We can, we can deal with them. Like, what can I do, Ba? You're the one who dragged me here, so I might as well offer my assistance. Okay. You have a, you have wait, a few seconds we, to hatch a plan. Wait, are uh, we attacking them? Are we attacking them? We sh- I think we should attack them. All right, Gannon. I came up with a new move. It's called the Crocodile Swing. Or do you want to go for it? Oh, wow. <laughs> um... It's like the horse swing, but it's crocodile swing. It's crocodile. Oh, God. Doesn't matter what it is. Do it now. Sure, fine. Okay. All right. What are your stealth checks again? Uh, 15. 21. 15, 21. Was Wait, it 31? 31. My bad. My bad. All right. Birch just says, I'm just going to go grab my thing. He'll just run off. And what are the two of you doing? So Space kind of to give that image, two of these three shipping crates are side by side, and, and the light seemed to be coming through the center of the two of them. That is maybe about 30 feet away from where you are. Birch is running like straight on ahead where he's going to be seen by the two of them. I'm going to say that you could use fog cloud to give you some sort of cover. So there'll be a fog cloud in there and you don't know what that'll mean for them. Um, right. You could also probably if you sprint now, uh, Dimitri probably has is like just small enough that he could probably get some cover behind like the one crate kind of by this door or he could I'm probably like crouch into the frame. I was thinking I become a, I be, like we swing around to a dark spot. I turn into an alligator and you throw me at them and we yeah. can try to surprise them. That works. Yeah. Uh, All right. 
the the spot you'd probably want to do this just because we're doing theater of the mind i want you to be able to enact the plan you have is probably just to the right on the other side of the container that's closer to you that they're walking between mm -hmm. you're going to be able to get out of line of sight from them a little bit from just around that corner all right so i'm going to assume the two of you run up there for a moment dimitri crouches into the doorway and begins preparing whatever sort of contingency he is and birch is just walking out into the open grabbing grabbing the top of his coffee pot hi crocodile all right. So you see, just as you get over there, you see, uh, and there's a there's a crocodile at the base of your feet, Yendin, and you see uh, just around like the corner, Birch walk into like the light as he's picking up the top of his coffee pot, and he like this rattle, and he just squints outwards as like flashlights are being shined at his face, like put him down, put him down, and lower a little bit, and you see that a female human with blonde hair makes her way out, uh, and you see a a a, a male halfling. Uh, both wearing uh, dock workers' uniforms, but you see they carry like a baton on each of their hips. And you see the halfling seems to be in the process of pulling the baton outwards, and she's shining the flashlight outwards and says, uh, What are you doing here? And it's like, Can't you see? I'm trying to pick up my coffee pot. Can't believe it's hard to find an outlet out here. You know how many thirsty mouths there are out there in that alley? You're not even offering them any blankets. She says, Excuse me, this is not a hotel. Uh, Arnold, just hold him there. I'm going to have to call security. And what All are you guys doing? Can crocodile I throw swing? soup? Can I just throw soup at them? Talk about the crocodile ball gown. We're doing the crocodile swing tonight. Oh, stop. All right. So where are you grabbing soup? Like, is this just like a chuck? Are you like grabbing soup by like the tail or? Yeah, kind of grabbing soup by the like tail. Throw. Yeah, do the hammer throw straight at the guards. We are not doing get help. <laughs> We're doing get help. <laughs> uh, as you make your way forward, um... All right, how how I'm going to do this is that there are two of them. but You've both beat their passive perceptions. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a surprise round and with... Uh, actually, no, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to roll for Birch. Birch oh. is going to be... Birch is the, is, is the pin whether or not you get a surprise round or we roll initiative here. Oh, wow. Get my bugbear damage. He's going to have to roll a deception check. No, a performance check. No. Fuck it, he's great at these. No. Minus one, baby. <laughs> Please tell me it's in that 20. Huh? It's a 19 minus one. Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and he's like, I should have dropped something else. And as he bends over, a crocodile just <laughs> swings over his head, <laughs> knocks his cap off. Uh, and I want Gendon just roll me a, we're going we're gonna to improvise the damage here. I want you to roll me, both of you to roll me an attack because we got two targets here. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Wait, do I roll? Oh, what's the attack? modifiers? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, whatever the sort of attack bonus is for the crocodile. Okay. All right. And I'll just like my unarmed strike bonus. Yeah, basically. I think okay. it's just going to be strength plus proficiency for whatever you've got. Yeah. Stop rolling so low. I are you raging while stealing all your high rolls? Oh. Uh, because I rolled a 16 on the dice. So that's a dirty 20. I rolled I'm not a critting on them. Seven. Uh, seven, seven, seven will not hit. Yours will, Soup. So because Soup is the one that hits, this is a surprise round. You get your snake attack damage. Um, what's the damage usually for a crocodile's bite or its tail or what sort of attacks does it have? Um, a d10 plus two for a bite. All right, so we'll just say it's like a d10 bludgeoning. Uh-huh. That's happening here. Um, so as you get thrown outwards, the, uh, the halfling fellow, like, ducks, he's like, Marietta, get down! And he'll hit the floor, and the crocodile will swing outwards uh, and strike her. I want you to go ahead and roll me uh, 1d10 plus your crocodile strength, so basically the bite damage, but I want you to add your bugbear sneak attack. All right. So and she gets, gets signposted by a crocodile. So that's, that's the 10 on the d10. The first d6 is 3. And a 6. Okay. Wow. <laughs> 19 plus, plus 2. <laughs> she's down. She she she's down. Um, Non-lethal, by the way. God. Yeah, yeah. You non-lethally dervish yourself as an as as a crocodile at this poor dock worker just doing her job. Uh, I'd like to even imagine like the whiplash of it. You actually your Birch's hat actually flies off and lands on you. Mm. Yes, I'm a cabigator. And, and, and like you see the other dude. I want just a quick initiative count, real quick. So I want the two of you to roll. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a. Six. 
Oh, thank goodness I have advantage, because I rolled a natural one on the first one. Let's, uh, it's not much better. No, wait, that's not a seven. That's also a one. Oh. I got a natural one with advantage. No. Gannon, what did you roll? A six. Is this really where we're going to mess up our good luck? What's your dex? Fine, your dex I'm modifier is negative, down. right? Yes, I rolled a you seven on the die. You rolled a five plus one. <laughs> <laughs> he goes first. No! He uh, is going to consider his options. He's going to begin by rushing forward. And you see that he pulls out his baton and he like squeezes a little grip on it. And you see like a little electric <laughs> begins to uh, appear. And he's going to rush up and he's going to... Uh, I'm going to say that he's out of range of... What's the crocodile's reach? 10 feet or 5 feet? Um, it's 5 feet. I'm going to say that because it flew over him, he, he sees like that's going on. He's running away from Crocodile and he's going to smack Jayen, Yenden, um, as if like, you'll pay for that! And he'll swing outwards. Wait, so is he... Does he start his turn within um, the 10 feet of me? Yes. Can I spore him? Sure. Awesome! Yeah. Gun save! Nat 20. Uh, he runs upwards and he's going to smack uh, before the spores can reach him. Um, he just goes ahead and whaps Jayen in the leg for a 21 to hit. Ow. Yeah, that hits. That's going to hit for six points of bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. Sorry, six? No. Eight points of bludgeoning damage. Yeah. And I need you to roll me a con save. Oh, I'm good at I those. Let's see if the dice agree. I will use a different dice. That rolled a three, so that's a ten. 10? 10. As he's going to go ahead and repair his second thing, you you take, you take get impacted, and you just find the jolts go through your body. You are currently stunned. Oh, no! He's going to roll again with advantage with his, second, with his second attack for a total of 12 to hit. That does not hit. That time, he just, like, collides with you, and you just kind of, like, catch it, and your hand is spasming. Uh, you are stunned until the end of your next turn. My next turn? Mm-hmm. Though the uh, energy around the baton is no longer there. Then you would be next, but your turn ends. Yeah, my turn ends because I'm stunned. Now it is going to be Soup's turn. Wait, I can't take action. Wait, bonus actions count as actions, right? Mm -hmm, In terms of stunned. Okay. All right. I'm a crocodile. I cannot cast spells. I do have a speed of of 20. I think that's enough. Is that enough? Uh, he, he was five feet away from you. He moved about 20 feet to Yenden. Oh, so, wait, I threw that the crocodile You can far. barely get within range of him is what I'm going to okay. say. Okay, yes. I'd like to. I'd like to take his little halfling self and put it in my mouth. Oh. All right, go ahead. Roll to hit. Please be nice to me. Uh, 12 plus 4, 16. All right. We see that as you rush outwards. Uh, 16, you said? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hits. Yeah. What happens? A bite. Oh, yeah, I have to roll damage for that. Yep. Do-do-do. Damages being rolled. Eight plus two is ten. I bite a bitch. How much was it? Sorry. Ten damage. Uh, ten. Ten damage? Piercing? Oh, wait. Um, He's grappled. All right. He is still up. Uh, when does Birch go? Is Birch part of initiative? He's looking for his hat right now. Okay. Um, I'm wearing it. You are. He does not notice that yet. Not with his passive perception. Um, okay, then. In I'm that case, grapple. we go through another thing. Basically, he rises towards the top of his thing. His baton seems to uh, not have that thing with it. No, it doesn't. Um, he is currently in my mouth. Yes. You see that... Yeah, he's just, he's just going to go ahead and do that. You see uh, Dimitri uh, extend, run out of the shadows. He's going to extend his hand outwards. There is going to just be a sort of flaring of blue light. Wisdom save. That is close, but not a success. And we see uh, the dude just sort of freeze into place. And he says, please drop him. You drop uh, him, too. I open my mouth. Your your just crocodile just smile, go, jaw, go slack as he like tumbles <laughs> outwards. As you see, like there's like these blue bands that are wrapped around him, and he just seems to be paralyzed. Um, and you see uh, Dimitri like picks up the dude's baton, twirls it around, shakes it a little bit, and just kind of jams it into his neck. And there's just like a flinch, and the dude passes out. Whew. I suppose that you workshop that move a little bit, but not a bad pitch. Now let's get the two of these out of sight. 
Alright, I'll take one. I'll take right. the other. And he'll pick up like the other baton. Alright then. Can I and see that weapon? Pick it up? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he picks up the one on the halfling, but there's the there's the uh, human woman. Yeah, I'll take the human woman's baton. Yeah, you go ahead and you look at that, and it seems to just be like a bit of a baton. Mm-hmm. And you see that there's like a little bit of like a light inside of there. This thing has one charge. Okay. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and keep that in mind. I'll add it to your inventory sheet later. All right. Dimitri claims the other one. All right. Time to dispose of the bodies. Yep. I'm just curious. Um, how actually, are actually, here's off? the thing too: is he's currently dealing with the halfling. What are you doing with the the woman? She is also passed out, right? Um, is anyone inspecting her? Uh, I can inspect her as a crocodile. Yeah. I still Roll me a medicine check five. as a crocodile. No, you ha- I, you keep your wisdom. Yeah, I still have a plus five yeah, of medicine. Yeah. As go a ahead crocodile. and roll. Go ahead and uh, roll for me, Doc Croc. Doc Croc, he gets a twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, she 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 is not she's not instantly dead from that, but that that's not a very elegant maneuver. Uh, she is currently rolling death saves. Is mechanically how I'm going to say it. Ooh. Oh gosh, do I uncrocodile to save her? Fuck it, I I, I, I guess I uncrocodile. Roll me a medicine I need, check. I need a 10 to this woman. Alright. Hey! Dr. Soup gets a 23! She was at one fail, one success, uh, but you managed to stabilize her. Um, where are you going to stash her? Is your question. There's one crate north, towards the entrance. You could find a corner. You could try to shove her into one of these shipping containers. I don't know. I mean, there's the, the crate, there's the crate we're stealing guns out of, right? You Yes, but you see that there are these three crates. One's blue, one's red, one's green. Oh, we don't know which it's in? Uh, Dimitri uh, is currently occupied right now, um, but as he he's wrapping it up, he says, at dealing with the two of them, kind of binding the two of them together, he says, it would appear that that is the case. Uh, please, if you wouldn't mind, uh, we may have to try more than one of these before we figure out what quarry we have. From what I can tell, other than the locking mechanisms in this, there isn't any sort of traps that I know of okay. in these containers. Wait, wait. This was I, intended I mean, to be more of a clandestine delivery. I can check for that. Oh yeah. I have I I have fine traps. <laughs> you have fine traps. I have fine traps. Yeah, I, I use fine traps. What's the range of it? 120 feet. That's a long you sense way. From I mentioned there was a, a red, a blue, and a green one. You sense from the green one. What what information does fine traps give you? It tells you if there's a trap. Yes, but I I, I need I think more that's than that. Actually, it. It merely reveals that a trap is present. It is a Within terrible spell. Wait, but you do learn the general nature of the danger posed by a trap you sense. General nature. You sense the nature is some something magical of a sense. Something something archaic. Something malicious. Alright. From the green one? From the green one. On the doors. Alright, the doors of the green one have magical protection. See, I'm useful for something. You've been useful for a lot, Soup. What are you talking about? <laughs> you literally just took out this guard. Almost killed her. All right. All right. So if that's the trapped one, we can check the other two crates without fear of traps. Though I believe the trapped one, it might be the one that has our quarry, but let's try the other two first. Oh, it says any trap. Within line of sight. Okay. Yep, that's the only one you sense. Great. Well, we should still be careful. Mm-hmm. All right. How high up are we? Like if we were to jump out of that sky dock, how high would we be? Uh, you, you there is no there's no windows. There's no open spaces on this level. Got it. Um, other than this door, there's like a door on the other side of the room, maybe like a small locked one on the far far corner of it, and then there is like a sort of like rated latch, like a like just like a, a like a hangar bay door basically on the ceiling. Got it. Okay, that's how this works. Mm-hmm. And this place is interior entirely contained interiorly. That's why Dimitri was, like, surprised, like, oh, I didn't even know this place existed. <laughs> Must not have been included on some maps. Okay. Red or blue? Uh, blue. Blue it is. <clears throat> Alright. You make your way towards, um, the blue one. You see that it seems to be ma- having, like, a sort of heavy sort of chain and lock onto it. How do you go about trying to open it? Uh, there's always brute force. Yeah. Should we try that first? You see Birch pull, walks up to you. He pulls out of his his equipment a sort of slim gym. He says, if you need, I can start working on one of them. Um, that'd be great, actually. Pause. Um, Pause? Yeah. 
My computer's freezing up. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, because my computer screen is completely frozen. Hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, let's end the episode here, and we will get technical difficulties out of the way in time for next week. Take care. You have been listening to Electroball, as featured on Dice Carnival. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember to bury the hatchet, lest it comes back wielded by an unburied ghost. Farewell. <laughs>